It's Bachelor Tuesday, which sounds weird, but accurate. So is it, are they not, are they not airing shows on Mondays anymore? Is it only Tuesdays? It's only Tuesdays because of Monday Night Football, I guess. Like, all of the sports got condensed because of COVID. Right. If you notice, we're having football, baseball, we were having hockey. It was all happening at once, a.k.a. it was my nightmare. No, so I didn't notice. But are we surprised? Are we surprised that you didn't notice? Right. Kind of. Doesn't Matt watch sports at the house? He watches sports. We have a really nice balance. Like, I turn on Schitt's Creek and watch it on the TV, and he turns on his sports on his iPad. And Well, that's what Brandon does, but I'm hyper aware what's on the laptop. But I'm hyper aware of what's on the laptop. Oh, but I yeah, don't know. No, Matt could usually... be watching porn for all I know. We... He could be He could be on <laughs> oh, OnlyFans for all I know. <laughs> we usually don't watch sports on the big TV, although I will say the Rays are going to the World Series, and so, like, literally all of last week we watched baseball on the big tv and i was like asking about the rules and like making sure i understood baseball or like as best i can trying to like also uh you know make an effort to have a little bit more of an interest in one of his hobbies which is watching sports but it's more exciting like when your team's going to the world series you know so we did that like all of last week but tonight we will be watching the bachelorette because it's game one of the world series and it's not one that like i mean it counts but like I guess the really, in, you know, it gets intense once, like, like say we win the first three. Then, like, for game four, like, forget about it. Like, we'll be paying full attention. It's like once you get to that game where you're either in or out or you're winning or losing, that's when it gets intense to me. Like, game one, it's the first game. You can share it with Claire. So, he will Not be the, watching on the laptop, however. I'm a huge Braves fan, and they I know. Going. I'm pissed, yeah. though. I told you I, I wanted – the Braves and the Rays to go to the World Series. I think Series everybody wanted so that, honestly. Yeah. I think so. And I felt bad because the other night when they lost, I was like, well, you need to text Brandon and tell him good luck. And that was like, no, I'm not doing that. And I was like, that's pretty rude. Um, well, they'll, you guys will just have to cheer for the Rays for the sake of just like making the Dodgers lose since the Dodgers beat um, the Braves. Okay. Although Matt will probably say, no, they want the Dodgers to win, so then the Braves look better. So at least they lost to the team that won the World Series. That's probably what Matt's going to say. No, I think Matt's going to cheer for the Rays. I hope so. At least you're yeah. from state, if not your, if not your team. But, so um, do you have a haiku for us? No, because the episode has airing tonight. Oh. Okay. So I'll have I guess to, I'll just have to be surprised with your haiku. you have to be surprised, yeah. <laughs> um... So, do we want to do a really quick recap on the things that we've learned about OnlyFans since last week? Um, yes, except for it was mostly you, I think, that learned things, wasn't it? So, remember, remember when anything. we were talking about the, um, oh God, what's her name? Blair. Blair? Swifty. Wind. What's her name? The girl I don't like? Uh-huh. Uh, keep talking and I'll look it up. <laughs> I forget her name. Apparently, because it was like misadvertisement, 
and she didn't supply the goods that were by Bella goods. Thorn. I mean, thank you. Um, and it was something like river. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something in nature, a yeah. thorn. Yeah. Um, so because she didn't provide the services or the goods that were promised or advertised on her OnlyFans site, um, a lot of people that paid her subscription requested refunds and that action is why they have a $50 limit now on subscriptions because OnlyFans had to refund. I just burned the shit out of our bolognese. Sorry, keep talking. It's fine. I just burned no, dinner, but it's all burning heard, your bolognese is way more important than Bella Thorne. I heard something sizzling in the background. I don't know if you just saw me run out of our. I was like, is that rain? Like, what is it? It's actually, I, I think I, it's salvageable. It's going to be okay. But um, I'm, I'm what are you not. making? Well, I'm heating up leftover. Oh my God. Sorry. Hold on. I'm heating up leftover bolognese to have for dinner before we watch The Bachelor, and I could hear it sizzling because I had the eye turned on too high. Oh. I found out you could burn bolognese only like three months ago. It's a long story. Anything. I'm not. I'm not going to get into it. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's 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 salvageable. It's Essentially, all good. Bella Thorne is the reason why the fifty dollar <laughs> limit exists on OnlyFans. The end. But you did explain it better. So it's because so many people requested refunds because they never got to see her titties. That OnlyFans was like, okay, no, this is ridiculous. Like, we need to put a cap on how much people are paying for subscriptions. Mm, okay. So that if they do get into that situation again, they're only paying someone back 50 bucks. They're not paying them, like, $300. Got it. Makes it's sense. less of a risk. Got it. For the business. Yeah. So it's not really as much protecting the users. It's Or it's protecting the users, but not the content Essentially, creators. Essentially, but may, more so the business. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Are you ready to get into some spooky shit? I'm ready. Is it spook spook? It is spooky month. So it's not as spooky as I think it should be, given that it's spook month, but um, I think you're really going to like it. I'm sure I will. Okay. Are you ready? I am. Okay. You're going to need a lot of wine for this one. So really quick, I want to go into my sources before I start God talking. God damn it. What? <laughs> the suspense. <laughs> <laughs> Um, really quick, you're gonna like this. Green Bench Monthly, SkywayBridge.com, and oh my Tampa, god, and Tampa I bet Bay I already, Times. I bet I already know what it is. You might, yeah, you probably do. Okay, does it so. have to do with never? Is it like? Okay, just, is it yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I just gestured the crime, and I'm a terrible person, <laughs> just so everybody knows. So, this is the story of Phoebe John Chuck. So. This takes place, if you can't tell by Julie's reaction, it takes place in um, Florida, specifically like the Tampa St. Pete area. So for people that aren't familiar, there is a bridge that um, has a lot of history that connects. Wh- what are the- Where does it connect, Julie? I haven't been on it in so long. The Skyway? Yeah. Like what it do you take the Skyway like, to get it takes, to? It connects like Bradenton to St. Petersburg. Okay. Okay. So... It's in Florida. And so I'm going to go through the history of the bridge itself. So before the bridge was built, there was actually a ferry service to allow transit between Bradenton and St. Pete. Oh, I guess I could have answered that myself. Um, So this service was made up of four different ferries, and it was called the the B-Line. So this began in 1926. 
The B-Line was running until the original Sunshine Skyway Bridge was completed in 1954. It actually caught 20, cost $21 million to build back in the 50s. So that's a lot of, a that's lot a lot of moolah. Um, it was two-lane. It was made of steel. And it was built by Virginia Bridge Company. And then in between 1969 and 1971, a second parallel bridge was completed to accommodate the four-lane requirements of the highway system that was um, being evolved at that time. So even though there were technically two bridges, I'm going to continue to refer to this as being one bridge because essentially it's the same uh, transit system. So here's some spooky history of the bridge. In January of 1980, a U.S. Coast Guard cutter collided with a tanker underneath the bridge, killing 23 of the 50 Coast Guard crew members. In May of 1980, the most notorious tragedy associated with the bridge happened. It was, um, there was a freighter called MV Summit Venture, and it actually crashed into the bridge itself during a severe storm while a Greyhound bus was crossing the bridge. So literally the worst timing. As a result, 1,200 feet of the southbound bridge collapsed into the water with six vehicles and the entire bus. Yeah, it's a... Do you go into any of the stuff about jumpers? Yes. Okay. Because literally, like, we were late to a wedding once because of that. Okay, I'm going to want that in a second. Okay. So, it killed 23 people in 1980. And then it killed just, just these are just cratchit cratches. This is I just, just want to add in really quick. I just dumped a bunch of red wine in my sauce to fix it because all I can see is the upward, <laughs> the upward like angle of a Trader Joe's bottle of red wine. And in I my head, know. an egg shape because the Facetune <laughs> or Facetune face. What is it? Facetime is really unflattering. If you ever put your phone down on like a counter and then look over it, you'll be like, my head, is it shaped like, like that? that? It's like that episode of Golden Girls when Blanche explains to Dorothy why she has a mirror on the ceiling of her bedroom. Kind of like that, but not at all. But just in case you're wondering, no, you don't look like that. It's literally just FaceTime making you think that you're a hideous monster. Continue. So after this, uh, this crash in may of 1980 there were 35 victims from the freighter and the greyhound bus there was one survivor of all of the vehicles that hit the water his name was or i'm sorry their name was wesley mcintyre i'm surprised there were any survivors i know his truck fell off the bridge hit the deck of the summit venture before hitting the water and then he was able to actually swim to the vessel before being rescued so badass obviously this horrific crash uh required reconstruction of the bridge so reconstruction began in 1982 the new skyway bridge was completed in 1987 and it cost 244 million dollars to build and was now six lanes so now it's one bridge physically okay. uh this is the current structure of the bridge it's 29,040 feet long 190 feet above the water's edge and is the world's largest cable stayed concrete bridge it it's, is truly terrifying. It's I scary. hate it. I hate it. It's won dozens of engineering awards and is now, like I said, one bridge. It's no longer two separate bridges making up one system. So the remains of the original bridge 
are actually still intact today, and locals use it for fishing. It's called the Skyway Fishing Pier. I was just going to say Brandon goes there all the time. Well, Does he really? He goes, he doesn't sit, like you, a lot of times you'll see people on the pier fishing, but I guess fish like structure. So he goes like in, in the boat, like outside of like the old remnants of the pier because fish like to hang out there and like eat stuff off it. And you'll stuff. hear why. Oh no. Ew. <laughs> yeah. So. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I'm just yep. going to chug my wine. <laughs> so um, before I move on, I just want to mention that. Um, just south of the Skyway Bridge, there's a natural nursery for black tip sharks. So, needless to say, the waters are pretty infested with sharks. AKA, that's probably why Brandon has some good fishing luck there. Oh, that's so, what you were gonna say. Well, no, there's more than that. But I we'll was gonna to say it. that wasn't what I'm, where my mind went. <laughs> well, it, it should go there. So. So the next I want to talk about skywaybridge.com um, for anybody that really quick before I go on trigger warning. So uh, the remainder of this episode is going to be around subjects that cover suicide, murder, mental illness, and child neglect and abuse. So just moving forward, trigger warning. Yeah, big time um, trigger warning. So if anyone is interested in looking up the skywaybridge.com, it's also, it's also known as the quote Skyway Bridge Jumper Report. So the website as a whole is set up more so like a live feed blog. Um, all numbers, and it states it on there, but all numbers are considered, quote, unofficial. So I'll give you just a quick rundown of some of the stats that they have on there. But essentially, it's a tracker for anybody that tries to jump off the bridge, parks and thinks about jumping off the bridge. Essentially, this is a very, very popular site for suicides so which and mind you if the bridge closes down which it will if there's sometimes if there's a jumper or for high wind advisory mm -hmm. the route to get you to Bradenton from that part of St. Pete it's like it goes from like it being a 45 minute drive maybe 35 minutes to like almost two hours yeah. Because you have to go all the way back up and around through Tampa and down the other side mm -hmm. to get to where you're going. So, um, like I said, we almost missed a wedding ceremony one time because of that. But we, weirdly enough, were, like, on the bridge at the right time before they closed it down. So they, like, let everybody that was already on the bridge off. But it was moving so slowly. I was like, we're going to miss this wedding oh, ceremony. Oh, no. Yeah, but we didn't. Thank God. So between 1954, so this is prior to reconstruction of the current model, and now to 2020, this like 1954 is when the tracker started. So this website has essentially just updated that information and kept counting. So there have been 311 suicides, 43 survivors, and that makes 354 total jumpers. So I do want to highlight some years. 2003, there were 13 suicides, one possible suicide, and four saves. 2017, there were 13 suicides, 29 possible suicides, one survivor, and four saves. 2018, there were 18 suicides, 43 possible suicides, one survivor, 10 saves. And in 2019, there were 14 suicides, 26 possible suicides, one survivor, and 10 saves. 2018 was the year we almost missed the Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a big year. It was December of that year. Oh, my gosh. So from a um, 
I don't know what type of article this is, but essentially it's found within the research of the resources that I listed, but it's a five to nine to 99 articles, what they're calling it. Corporal Gary Schluter of the Florida State Highway Patrol, who has, quote, Gary? Do you know Gary? Wait, what'd you say? Schluter. Gary Schluter. I think he's the crazy one from Carol Baskin. No. Isn't he? Oh, no, that was Chuck. He's... Sorry, Gary and Chuck are both just really common He's part of the Florida State Highway Patrol, so... (laughs) not the same You tell me. (laughs) Gary and Chuck, they just sound like cops to me. I don't know. Continue. They both should be. Continue. So he's seen the number of suicides and attempts climb steadily over the last few years, and Sunshine Skyway Bridge, as well as Persuaded multiple sorry as well as persuaded multiple would be would be suicides at that site to live advises quote people look at the water and think it's very serene an easy way to die but it's more like hitting concrete and he and other troopers and explained to new york times reporter rick bragg they said jumpers tend to die ugly the fall less than four seconds ends in a bone snapping organ rupturing trauma but some jumpers do not lose consciousness and drown in agony. Schluter also elaborated You that know whose husband used to... Um, retrieve? Oh, my God, who? Uh, well, I don't really know. I'd have to find out. I should text her. Um, but Sydney. No way. Yeah, so her husband... Oof. I don't want to, like, say his name. I don't know why. No, yeah, yeah, Probably yeah, doesn't yeah. give a fuck. But, like, um, yeah, he used to, like... I'm pretty sure it was him, or maybe he knew somebody that was. I don't know why I thought that it was... I think because I texted her on the way to this wedding because she was there too. And I was like, I'm going to miss the ceremony. And she was like, the bride's late to everything. It's fine. And what was hilarious was she was like 15 minutes late to her own ceremony, which is why we weren't like rude coming in like halfway through, not halfway through, but 10 minutes late. Anyways. um, But yeah, of course I was at a wedding and I was tipsy or more than tipsy. But I feel like it came up that night that, like, either he used to do that because he was there and I was talking or, like, about it. Or, like, they have a, somebody... an acquaintance that does it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he works in law enforcement. So Well, essentially, yeah, Gary said, he said, quote, we retrieve the bodies. They are distorted and mangled. <clears throat> so, therefore, there are often cops parked on either side of the bridge daily. So I'm sure they're clocking people for speed. But the main reason that they're actually stationed at that location for their shift is because they're trying to intervene people that are attempting to take their own lives, which is really fucking sad. But I mean, it's kind of like, you know, if you live in that part of Florida, if you're going to be getting on the skyway, like don't speed if you're going onto the bridge or if you're getting off the bridge. Um, As you drive over the bridge, you'll also see that there are red telephones stationed every few hundred feet. So these are actually direct to the suicide hotline and emergency hotline phones. So literally you pick it up like there's not even a dial tone and it is just automatically connected to an emergency hotline. So if you need to refill your wine, this is the time to do it. Okay, I'm ready. You should totes refill. Okay, so now that we know the history of the bridge and we know what's going on around it, uh, we're going to talk about an individual, John John Chuck. I'm going to like chew his name. It's really hard to say actually he was born in 1989 in tampa florida he grew up with a, ch- a hard childhood you could call childhood. him just piece of garbage if you want like yeah pile of shit. like although i feel mm, no we'll get into it ugh. it's fine so many things to feel so many thi- so many things he grew up with a really hard childhood his mother actually abandoned him when he was five years old and he was put in the care of his uncle before his father came back to uh raise him later on 
So at the age of 12, he actually attacked his father, <laughs> said it was self-defense. In eighth grade, he told everyone he was gay. People made fun of him, but he seemed to like the attention. He dropped out of high school the next year and soon after climbed onto the roof of his dad's duplex and slit his wrists with a knife. His family committed him at that point, and uh, that was his first time kind of being entered into the system. And then that was also his first time acting out in like a... Um, like a Violent? Yeah, like but violent against himself. Um, so later in life, he was charged with domestic violence on multiple occasions. He was actually Baker Acted seven, sorry, 27 times. So for anyone that's not familiar with the Baker Act, um, I think most people are, but I know it's mainly just a Florida law. So Baker Act is used on someone who's deemed a danger to yourself or others or you're held and so that you are held in a safe environment at a medical facility until professionals of the holding facility decide that it's safe for you to be discharged. So like, again, like I said, that this is a statute that's only existing in the state of Florida, but the term has become slang in other regions of the U.S. Um, as also known as involuntary commitment. So again, he was Baker acted 27 times. When John was 18 years old, he met 23-year-old Michelle Kerr. John and Michelle sang, this is a funny quote that I found, John and Michelle sang Avril Lavigne songs and put on their makeup side by side in her mirror, then went dancing at gay clubs. One night they were slouched on Michelle's sofa when he said, maybe I'm not gay. And she laughed. He said, maybe I'm not gay because I'm in love with you. So that was kind of sweet. I thought that was sweet. But I do love that they were just singing Avril Lavigne songs. Avril Lavigne just came on my radio in my car earlier and I was like, what is this vibe? Oh my God. It was weird. I kind of want to get back into it. She... To be honest. I would call her a national treasure, but she's not of our nation. She's Canadian. She's Canadian. Canadian. She's ca- one of Canada's national treasures, we should say. So now we are going to talk about Phoebe John Chuck. So John, John Chuck, and Michelle Kerr had a baby and named her Phoebe. So on August 22nd, which is my birthday, of 2009, at this point, John was 20 years old. Michelle Kerr gave birth to a beautiful baby girl named Phoebe. John actually named her Phoebe after his chihuahua. It's unusual. So she, the quote says, she was a beautiful child with green eyes, honey-colored curls, and her father's round face. Honest to God, she was an absolutely beautiful child. She was gorgeous, but honestly, if you are referring to anything being remotely attractive when you're talking about John John Chuck's John John Chuck's round face. We've got other things to talk about. John John um, Chuck looked like he did drugs. He looked like he had meth mouth. He looks like he had some like he looks like he was constantly dealing with an allergic reaction. His face was that round. Yeah. So anyway, uh she they said she was seldom fussy, easily soothed. She loved being sung to and having someone rub her arm until she fell asleep. I do too. I was gonna say same John changed diapers, warmed bottles, surprised everyone with his tenderness. Phoebe, as a young child, um, so she was a student. Wait, was this? Oh, 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 oh. Sorry, I was trying to decipher my notes. She was, I put student question mark, but I think I did that because it's like, if she's just in daycare, are you considered a student? Are you considered a student if you go to daycare? Or is it, are you just like a... Mm. What a kid. Okay. I don't so know. She 
regardless, she attended the, from quote, from here to there daycare in Tampa, Florida. So she began attending this daycare when she was still in diapers. So she was pretty young. Uh, the owner of from here to there, which I hate saying in a sentence because it's so weird. Um, her name's Linda Matos or maybe Matos, M-A-T-T-O-S. She was interviewed by the Tampa Bay Times and she mentioned that Phoebe would sit in, quote, her chair. So I guess Phoebe had her own little chair, which was a little blue plastic chair near the front door by the coat hooks. She said for the first 30 to 45 minutes of the day, every day, she would just sit in that chair and watch other kids play until she was ready to socialize. Linda felt that Phoebe was nonverbal. So at this point, John's mom comes back into his life because remember, she left when he was five years old. Um, So John's mom comes back into his life to see her granddaughter and was proud to see that her son was like such a good dad. Uh, and I am going to make a note really quick. John's mom is also named Michelle. Mm. So in order to reduce confusion, I'm just going to, Phoebe called her mama. Okay. M-A-W-M-A-W. So I'm going to refer to John's mama as mama. Okay. And then Michelle Kerr, who's Phoebe's mom. As Michelle. I'm going to call her Michelle. Okay. So when Michelle came back, um, I'm sorry, when Michelle went back to work after maternity leave, John wanted to stay home with Phoebes, but Michelle, Michelle's left leg started seizing up, so mm. then she couldn't walk, and doctors diagnosed her with multiple sclerosis, and oh then she went on disability, so there's a lot of things going on. Um, John tried a few different jobs. He tried telemarketing, dabbled in insurance. Mostly, he basically just sponged off of Michelle's disability income and um, concocted, like, a series of money making schemes. So he would take social security numbers and credit cards and bought a machine that printed forged checks. So very catch me if you can. He faked a fall at the cheesecake factory and then sued the chain for $250,000. And then he was like, I'm never going to have to work again. Everyone was Don't like, we all know one of those people that would do something like that? I Probably. do. So, um, at this point, Phoebe was 10 months old when the Hillsborough Sheriff's deputies first came to the family's apartment. Um, John's dad had actually thrown um, Michelle onto the floor and punched her legs. John com- completed a court-ordered domestic violence program, and Michelle dropped the charges. So this, is, this becomes like a recurring pattern. Like, he'll act mm-hmm. out, there's an act of violence, and then someone that's close to him will just like drop the charges. So two years later, neighbors actually called the cops again, saying that John was choking Michelle. At this point, Phoebe had to hide in her parents' room and locked her and locked the door. So she was two years old. John had to kick it down to get her out. A DCF report from April 14th of 2012 concluded that the family violence threatens the child. Five days later, an updated report dismissed the concerns because John and Michelle were in counseling. The quote on the report was, signs of present danger is low. DCF didn't know the couple kept skipping the appointments for counseling. Mm. Lack of follow-up. Anyway. So, back to John and Mama. Um, John's mother had a history of drug abuse and theft, so she went to rehab at 52 years old, and then she left rehab, like, quote, for good, because she finally had something to live for, which was actually Phoebe, which was really sweet. Um... So Mama moved in with John and Phoebe. Essentially, if she were to suggest any parenting tips, John would become unhinged and like fly into a rage because obviously 
your mom left you when you were five and now all of a sudden she's back and she just wants to critique everything you're doing I'm sure that's that's what was going on in his head but John would this and that does not in any way sympathize or justify what his actions are oh absolutely not Um, absolutely not but because of this John would punch holes in the walls he would break windows um they were constantly getting evicted or they would like run out of rent money in the places that they were living John said that every place they lived was quote possessed by bad spirits and the years after the DCF determined signs of present danger is low the cops kept getting called still so it's kind of like okay signs of present danger is low but at the same time why are we getting reoccurring calls about the same people like there should be someone should be tracking this so Phoebe actually had to witness her dad John grab mama by the feet and drag her down a staircase she watched him punch mama in the face she saw her dad pour hot coffee on Michelle her mom throw a concrete block at her try to strangle her with Christmas lights saw him chase her into a closet and then stab a knife into the door She was in the backyard when she saw her dad shove her mom into the sand, punch her face three times, and then chase her into the bathroom and cracked her head against the tub. I literally cannot imagine witnessing that as a child. Yeah. John went to jail for that one. (laughs) Um, But as usual, Michelle drops the charges, but she was at that point, quote, done with John. So she moved out. Um. It was altogether, I mean, as you can tell, just a completely dysfunctional situation. I do want to point out here that over the five years that Phoebe was alive, DCF and other officials were called on multiple occasions, yet she was not assigned a consistent caseworker. Yeah, I remember this case had, like, a number of, um, like, mis- mishandles, I guess we can call yes. them. Like, he also, like, the number of times, I believe he called on himself. Because mm-hmm. he was like, I'm going to do something or something. And yeah. it was it was ignored. And there was all kinds of, like, poor poor handling of the situation all around. Well, that and just his his history in general with, like, his, his arrests. Mm-hmm. So he gets arrested. These are all of his arrest dates. So May of 2010, February 2012, January 2013, May 2013, June 2013, November 2013, and then January of 2015. So... You'd think that between at least 2012 and the end of 2013, someone would have at least made a couple house visits and just to make sure that the kid was okay. So DCF actually, I mean, as anyone can imagine, I can't, I, well, I cannot imagine being a DCF caseworker like that takes a special person. Um, So if anyone out there is one of those people, I commend you and thank you for your service, but holy shit. So DCF um, at this point, I mean, always has been overwhelmed and understaffed for years, especially at Florida's abuse hotline. At Florida's abuse hotline, counselors answer about 300,000 calls a year and dismiss 20% of those calls. Yeah. They turn the rest over. It just seems like there's not enough resources. There's not. They turn the rest over to investigators who juggle 25 cases at a time. The agency's goal is to keep families together, but over the past decade, almost 500 children that investigators already had checked on died in their parents' care. 500 children. Across the country? 
Florida. Oh, God. Yeah. Just in Florida? Mm-hmm. Wow. In their parents' care in the, wow. over the past 10 years. That's how many, many kids is that? Way too it, many. It's like 50 kids a year. Yeah. Um, most of these parents abused drugs or alcohol. Many of them, including Phoebe's, had signed a state-sanctioned, quote, safety plan. So it doesn't do shit. Child protection investigators visited Phoebe five times and saw signs of danger each time they left her with her dad. So now we're going to fast forward a little bit to the fall of 2014. At this point, um, things were kind of looking up and looking a little bit normal for Phoebe at this point. She was living with Mama. Um, John was actually couch surfing at friends' homes, so he wasn't technically handling custody of Phoebe. At this point, she was just being taken care of by Mama. Phoebe's grand kindergarten teacher, her name was, it's either Misha or Micah um, Olivier, had experience teaching and mentoring students that were victims of abuse or neglect. And during this time, she said that she, quote, was never on my radar, Phoebe was never on my radar as someone to worry about. Mm. So she said she was clean. She never acted like she was like hungry. She never gave off or like talked about or like colored it like coloring time. Like there were never any signs that she was being abused or neglected so um i wouldn't say that she necessarily dismissed her i think she just wasn't worried about her well yeah i mean the teachers have so many kids in their classroom and like if she's not showing any of the classic warning signs what is she supposed to think right and she actually they went into a little bit of history about her past students that she has dealt with and mentored and it was awful it was like kids would come in like completely covered in filth or bleeding because they've been abused. Like she had really bad cases. So I'm sure getting like a shining light, like Phoebe in her class was probably like she was good with it. Right. Yeah, of course. So, um, on Thanksgiving day of 2014, uh, the family actually had Thanksgiving dinner at Denny's, which sounds amazing. Yeah, that does. Uh, this is the first time in a long time that John actually allowed Michelle to see Phoebe and she ended up bringing, um, it was Phoebe, Mama, John, and Michelle. I think it was just them four, um, at this dinner, but because it had been so long since Phoebe had seen her mom, of course, Phoebe, and she's like five years old. Of course, she's going to be like, dad, let me go stay with mom. So she's basically begging John like to let her stay with mommy. Um, and this kind of turned into a tipping point for him. It seems like, so he's becoming unhinged over the next month. Uh, John's behavior started escalating in an even weirder way. He was texting old friends that they were demons and they needed God. He was harassing old friends and calling people whores and sending death threats. Like it was really bad. Um, his fraudulent behavior was actually starting to unravel against him. So his false workers comps claim from the cheesecake factory, LOL started to come back and haunt him along with the social security theft. So it was kind of like karma was happening, but he was also having like a mental breakdown and threatening people and just, I mean, I don't know how else to explain that. It's just a breakdown. Yeah. Um, so this Christmas of 2014, they all spent the Christmas day together. So it was Mama, John, Michelle, Phoebe. And Michelle actually brought along her boyfriend who was she was dating at the time. And I guess he had a teenage son as well. So he was there. So John initiated a prayer. And Mama was like, oh, like he's getting to know God. Things are looking up. Like 
I'm starting to be hopeful that my son is going to like lead a bright future. But little did she know during this time, John actually became obsessed with his stepmother's Swedish Bible. Which oh. I'm like, I didn't know. It was a could... Swedish Bible. I think it's just a Bible written in Swiss. Oh. <laughs> okay. Swiss? Swiss? Swedish? I think Swiss. Swiss. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think. <clears throat> so, Swedish. No, Swedish. Swedish? You know what? I'm not sure. Not sure. Um, custody battle. So Michelle called DCF, the DCF hotline on December 29th of 2014. So this is just a few days after that Christmas day. Stating that John didn't have a stable address for years and explaining the abuse. This initiated basically... Swedish. Swedish. Thank you. I appreciate that. This initiated basically a DCF hotline war between Michelle and John. So literally, like, she would call on him. He would call on her. It was like... And this is where... It's like tattletailing hotline. Yes. And, like, this is what where we get into what you were talking about, how he would, like, call on himself... But then he would call her, call on her, and it was just like, it was just so fucked up. So, the first week of January 2015, John began texting friends and family asking for forgiveness for past grievances. That same week, Phoebe was actually absent at school, which was odd behavior um, seen by her teacher. So she was kind of like, hmm, "That's weird." Like Phoebe literally never misses school. So, um, John's coworkers at his telemarketing job that he had just started remember him rambling about the old testament and witnessing hearing him say quote i've got to walk the pyramid i just hope when i get to the top i don't have to do it i hope i don't have to make that sacrifice i hope someone stops me so it's not great foreshadowing Mm -hmm. um on january 8th of 2015 in tampa florida just minutes after midnight John woke Phoebe out of bed and carried her to his car. Granted, it doesn't get snowy cold in Florida, but at midnight in January by the beach, it is pretty cold out. Um, She was only wearing shorts and a green t-shirt with a little kitty cat on it. He strapped her into her pink booster seat and drove down the highway reaching 80 to 100 miles an hour where a police officer actually clocked him and started following him without their lights on. They followed John to the Dick. Am I saying is it Misner? Mi- Dick Misner. Misner. Dick Which Meisner. is like right before or after or around the Skyway. It's. I think it's called the Dick Misner Skyway Bridge. It's two different bridges. Oh, they are. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm trying to remember exactly where Dick Meisner is, but it's. Oh, okay. I'm rereading this. Onto the Dick Meisner and then onto the Skyway Bridge after. Okay. That. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. Does that make sense geographically? I believe so. Okay. So he goes onto the Skyway Bridge. The cop is following him and he pulls off behind him and he actually watches him come to a stop and get out of the PT Cruiser. And he's like, starting to like walk towards the back seat to where Phoebe's sitting and at this point the I don't think the cop knows that there's a kid involved I think he just is watching this odd behavior right so um he starts to yelling to yell at John and he goes let me see your hands get back in the car like what are you doing you know he's following protocol staying a safe distance but also warning him like hey man like you need to get your shit together 
John yells back and he says, you, you have no free will. And it's like, what the fuck? Um, John then picks Phoebe up out of her booster seat, walks over to the guardrail and drops his daughter over the edge, six stories above the water. So safe to say that Phoebe John Chuck did not make it. Unfortunately, um, she passed. So we're going to move on to the trial. So, of course, they sought a verdict of not guilty by reason of insanity. Um, on April 16th of 2019, jurors found John John Chuck guilty of first-degree murder, siding with prosecutors who argued that John John Chuck was driven by vengeance when he dropped her off the Dick Meisner Bridge. Wait. I'm sorry. Off the Skyway Bridge, he was sentenced to life in prison. John's public defenders pushed for another trial, stating that there were errors <clears throat> excuse me, stating that there were errors in the April 2019 trial and verdict. So he was sentenced to life in prison, but they, like I said, they, the defenders pushed back for another trial stating that there were errors. So I have a quick statement from officials. The Florida Department of Children and Families concluded that, quote, there was nothing in the preceding several years that could have reasonably been interpreted as predictive of such an event. I, that's bullshit, but. Like, yeah, but no. like you're not going to predict that someone's going to just throw their kid off a bridge. Like, so that's the story of really, really sad story of Phoebe John Chuck um, and her cray cray father. And didn't he try to claim like schizophrenia and stuff, too? Yeah, that was yeah. part he, of his defense. Yeah, it was like reason of um, like going through. It was reason of insanity. I mean, here's my thing. I... Don't feel bad for him, obviously. That being said, he obviously had some serious mental health issues, some yes. of which he was somewhat lucidly aware of if he was calling on himself. And it's like, do I think he should get out of jail? Absolutely not. He's currently serving life in prison, as he should. Because do I think he could hurt somebody again? Totally. Like, that tends to be, like, my litmus test. It's like, whether somebody was just an absolute sociopath or like had serious mental illness or a combination of both whether the whether the system failed them or not which in this case I feel like the system failed Phoebe mostly um you know she's the real victim here he's not a victim but I would say that the system failed the situation yes which is really frustrating and upsetting I just, and this is a general statement, I just would like to see the, like, correctional system, and I think we are going in that, in this direction, but I could be wrong. I would like to see the correctional system start to put more time and effort into helping people that are mentally unstable, rather than just locking them up and I'm not saying he needs to have freedoms like other people he did commit a crime he killed his own daughter that's wretched but I'm just saying if there is an actual mental illness there rather than just like letting guys play football and watch tv there needs to be some kind of rehabilitation aspect to it I right don't disagree with you I think Like like therapy there needs to be some type of therapy involved yeah I yeah and it's just like where's the line like I guess for me that's the tough thing because like I mean 
anyone, you could argue that anybody that does something like that has mental illness. Right, right. But then it's like, where's like mental illness and where is just like pure evil? Because do I exist that some, do I believe that some people on this earth exist just like in pure evil? Absolutely. Like, I hate to say it, but like, I absolutely believe that there are people on this earth that have existed or will exist that are like absolutely full of evil and hate and don't have a shred of love in their existence. Um, do I think that John John Chuck was one of those people? I don't know. I do think he's where he should be, and I think that generally speaking, he's a piece of shit yeah. for what he did. I think he's a steaming pile of garbage, but it's like, like I said, he had those lucid moments, right? Yeah. Where he's like, I hope I don't have to do this. I don't know. It's it's a complex situation. And then you don't want to blame, like, no one's victim blaming and no one's blaming this little girl's life should not have been lost no matter what. Yeah. He's 100% responsible and is 100% where he needs to be. He never needs to get out of prison. He needs to die in jail because he will hurt somebody else. And that's I just, that. I just, that's that. I just think that therapy needs to be a required part of the correctional um, system. Oh, 100%. Because my thing is. And maybe it is, and I, I'm not educated enough. I could be Well, wrong, it could but. be. We should look into that. But if it's yeah. not, I agree with you. <sighs> well, that one was a doozy. It is a doozy, and Phoebe's beautiful, and it's, like, literally tragic. Um, She's so cute. Yeah. It's terrible. Well, are you going to go watch Bachelor now? Yes, I am. In 50 minutes, I'm going to go watch Clarifying Love on a different note. Apparently, she found it last week. I'm going to be honest, I didn't finish the first like the premiere episode you know i'm not a Oof. like do i need to like i feel like i just need to like i wanted to watch like the first 10 minutes of it and now i just want to watch like the last 10 minutes of her 15 yeah, minutes i don't know that you need a before i, don't know I get that... into taisha i don't know that you need to yeah i know i really am excited for taisha if that happens i don't know if you need to go back and watch episode one i'm not a big claire guy hate to say it you're also Unpopular. not a guy no but you know what i mean yeah. Not a I'm not a it's an unpopular opinion too. But I'm not like a mega Claire fan. Like I like her, she's cool, whatever, but like there's just some things about her that uh I have questions on. We should do a mini on that sometime. On what? My questions about Claire and my theories about Claire. Okay. Or not. <laughs> Maybe when the grand baton gets passed to Tasha, we'll do a mini debriefing the whole deal that would actually be really helpful because then i don't have to watch it yeah that sounds good great well follow us on instagram at spaghetti heads podcast follow us on twitter at spaghetti underscore heads email us your embarrassing stories to spaghetti heads podcast at outlook.com and um i'm gonna go eat some burn bolognese <laughs> <laughs> well Have fun with your bolognese. I'm going to go eat. All right. Cheers. Cheers.